And we back. Episode three. Numero tres. Numero trois. Whatever you want to say. Um, it's me. Said. Uh, back again to talk some shit. Just about whatever. But uh, fair warning. This episode is most likely gonna be very MMA heavy because we back, baby. We back. Finally, 2021 is here. First fight card of the year. Looking forward to fights almost every weekend. And uh, I'm excited, bro. I'm really excited. I got a ton of good fights, like I've talked about in my last few episodes. But uh, I'm going to talk specifically about this week's fight, uh, the main event, and also the uh, the the card, the, basically the rest of the card. Uh, but I only have like a few like standout like fights or like fighters just to look, uh, check out for. Because um, I looked over the card, and there are a few fighters. There are a lot of fighters that I actually know, a lot of fighters that I'm excited to see. But um, like on the prelims, there are a lot of names that I did not know. But it's fine because I usually watch the prelims anyways. So I'll be watching the whole card, uh, just looking over different fighters that stand out to me, that interest me with their style um, or anything of that nature. Um, but I'm going to save that for mostly like the back half of the podcast. I just got a few like stories that I had seen this week that I wanted to talk about that I thought were just fucking wild. And to anyone who thought that going into 2021 would completely change how life has been going, like, I'm sorry for you because, like, like I get it. You know, marking the new year is, like, a thing that we've created to sort of almost seem like we're running it back. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess technically we are. But, like, I mean, yeah, we are. But, like, to think that things are going to change all that much is always just funny to me. Uh, I don't usually make... Um, resolutions or like New Year's resolutions um, just because I feel like I don't know if I'm going to do something and I want to change something I'll probably just start now or when I have the thought of it and like it's a lot easier said than done honestly so I don't like wanting to put the expectation that I start the new year and it's sort of just like you start it you break it and it's just like fuck now here I am not doing what I said I was going to do so I try to fall into like if I'm going to do something I, I'll do it when my mind tells me it's like necessarily right you know what I mean like when I know that I'm full I'm ready to full-on dedicate myself to it but anyway speaking of these stories this first one I saw is there it's not really much of a surprise just fucking just another goofy white bitch to call her Soho Karen I think her name is uh I have the story right here Mia Ponsetto or Maya Ponsetto whatever it is it's 22 year old chick um I don't know if you saw the video she like attacked this this young black kid uh, and accused him of having her phone, and she was just going all crazy. She was like trying to like really, she was like really going at him, like trying to like make sure that she like tried to check if he had his phone or whatever. Obviously, it's some bullshit, you know. Her, her the kid's father's there, so he's fighting her off, and like it turns out that the hotel ends up having her phone. Like the the, the hotel's the one who had her phone, so the kid had nothing to even do with it. So you know, obviously, people are like calling this bitch racist, and obviously, I'm not gonna say she's like fully fully racist she even tries to say that oh she's a woman of color so she's not racist I, I, that's bullshit to me you can be racist no matter what i guess okay people say maybe it's not racist maybe just prejudice or whatever so they'll put it that way but e- either way either way i don't put it past this bitch to fucking do that type of shit she seems like an entitled ass bitch she's fucking super light-skinned and you know in now in today's day and age that's always a thing like these like like light-skinned people in general, but not even just black, just, like, lighter-skinned people, like, I mean, obviously white people, lighter-skinned Latinos, just all over, they always have this, like, and this is obviously me generalizing, so this is not meant to take offense, but, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just going on a bit of a tangent about that, but she seemed to be, like, really, like, privileged, or to have a certain, like, way about herself, to, like, 
that fucking allowed her to take such actions with so much fucking gusto to just attack this this young black kid and accuse him of having his phone. Like, just, I don't know what, I don't know what is in your mind to believe that you had the power to do some shit like that. But regardless, it's just another goofy ass bitch. And she did this fucking interview with Gail King. And I was watching some of it, little bits and pieces. And there's a point in this interview. Honestly, I fucking wish COVID wasn't a thing and Gail could have been in the fucking studio with her. Because the way she disrespected Gail, like Gail was basically giving it to her. She was pointing out all these flaws and how that she, like, she wasn't taking account of what she, she had, she had no accountability of what she did. And... Gail is trying to like force it on her. She's almost like trying to like break down the facts and tell her that you know you're you're accountable in this. You should be apologizing. You should have taken into account like the well-being of this young black kid that you assaulted for no apparent reason. And this girl is just not taking any of that. She's just trying to save herself. And she like fucking does this hand gesture and I like, think she says like enough. Like or cuts her off mid sentence. And boy, let me tell you. Now listen, Gail's a black woman. In any other setting that wasn't this fucking professional interview setting. I know for a fact she would have. She had to have wanted to throw some hands or something like that. I feel like she has more poise than that. So let me not say that. But let me tell you, son. Oh my God, the disrespect! Like I don't. Her parents have had to have failed her in some kind of way, cause she has this air about her where it's all about her. Like she doesn't give a fuck about anyone else's feelings or any or anybody else. She has like no like respect for anybody else. And it's just it was fucking baffling to me. And it would be a girl like this to do some type of shit like that, to have this type of disrespect. Like in this picture right here, this bitch is wearing a hat that says "Daddy" on it. Something about that just fucking bothers me. I don't know what it is. I don't think I have any actual reason for it, but it just fucking bothers me, son. But it's just another case of these goofy ass white bitches. And I'm gonna just call her white. I know. I think she says that she's fucking uh, Puerto Rican. I'm yeah. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm a woman of color. I'm Italian, Greek, Puerto Rican. Bitch, listen. You walk into any establishment, motherfuckers instantly thinking you white. That's just how it is. And you're using that to your, you, you're trying to use that to your fucking advantage. And I mean, listen, I don't know, bro. That's, that shit is just so fucking goofy to me. So fucking goofy. And then we got this other fucking, this, this bit of news that came with another bit of news that we didn't fucking expect. It's really out of left field. But this first bit of news I fucking expected from almost day one. Uh, Kim and Kanye getting divorced. I honestly could give a fuck. I could care less. Um, I used to be a big fan of Kanye. Like, back in high school, I was really going through his discography and listening to, like, a lot of his uh, music. And it really just, it really resonated with me. Not resonated with me, but, like, it really just, like, was basically a lot of the soundtrack of my high school years. And I always, like, looked up to him in certain kind of ways, in more of a creative aspect. You know, I don't really share a lot of his views, at least as of now. But, like, in how fucking, how brash he was with his creativity... And just like how much he believed in himself, I always, I always felt like, like in a way akin to that, or wanting to aspire to have the same sort of level of self belief that he has in himself. But you know, obviously, with recent years, it's just been a fucking roller coaster with all this dumbass shit he's been doing. I don't know, you know, it is what it is. But him and him and him and Kim are apparently getting divorced. I mean, I on like I said, I could care less. Uh, a lot of people saw it coming. Many people really don't care. These people, people are. I mean, obviously, there's probably a lot of emotion involved. I don't, I don't dare to say I understand what these two people are going through. But just as an outsider, it's just like, I, I mean, I could give a fuck. Y'all are probably sad, but like, y'all, y'all gonna be good. This motherfuckers out here really struggling. This divorce makes news. P- people are going crazy for it. People don't really just. People like me just don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? But the thing that comes after it, or the fucking news that's attached to it, is apparently that they got divorced. And this is fucking rumors. It's been proven that this has been fucking bullshit. But there were rumors that Kanye was messing with Jeffree Star. And 
<laughs> and that's like the reason that they that they're having the divorce. And I'm gonna tell you right now, like if that was true, I'm not really judging Kanye for uh, fucking Jeffrey Star because I I think Jeffrey Star is a dude, and just like is very very effeminate. I don't know if he's I don't know if he's trans or whatever, but like I have no I have no quarrels with Kanye. You know messing with whatever fucking whoever you know what i mean it's more so that jeffree star just as i've seen in the news and shit because i don't really follow up with these people but it's just kind of a piece of shit you know i mean yeah making money in the makeup industry all that type of shit people love him followers galore all that shit but like i've just seen little stories here and there about how he's a real piece of shit mad racist so i'm just like okay i wasn't checking for you to begin with but now it's just like i I, you know you're not even on my fucking radar i could give a fuck about what you do but it turns out that this shit was just a fucking rumor made by this goofy-ass bitch. I think her name's Ava Louise. And it turns out that this Ava Louise chick is the fucking girl that was uh, licking the toilet in the fucking airplane. And that's how she got super popping on TikTok or whatever. And it turns out she fucking just used, did this fucking rumor for clout. And the reason I'm even talking about this story is for that fucking clout shit. It's so It, it fucking boggles my mind, the shit that people will do nowadays in the name of clout. And it's like... I guess because cloud brings the money, but like, bro, it's it it. I guess it just speaks to human nature. Like a lot of people will do whatever it takes to like to be successful, and that's like in a lot in like just in whatever. You want to lick a fucking toilet on an airplane for some clout because it's gonna bring you some followers and some probably some deals here and there because motherfuckers is crazy. I mean, I I guess do you, but I can't. I can't. I can't, bro. That shit is so fucking tacky and corny to me. Like, I, Jesus fucking Christ. Like I don't even. I, I don't know. I don't know how motherfuckers do that shit, honestly. Blows my fucking brain, son. And then, listen, like I said, like I try to, I, I'm pretty sure I've said on this before, I'm not the most political person, but you can't, I can't, I can't like ignore what the fuck happened in D.C. Uh, what's it called? I think it was June 6th. Because what am I, I'm recording this on January 15th. So I think it happened on June 6th. And I'm people have talked about this like over and over, so I'm not, even, I'm not gonna bog down with any more because I'm sure people are not over it because it's still a huge topic of conversation. But like, it's so wild to me how mother how people let this happen. And I mean, it's, I guess it's not wild because it's white people, and white people just let white people do whatever in a lot of cases. But it's just like when you see the pictures and video footage of the shit that was happening, it's a fucking mind blower, son. And it's it's no doubt in my mind that this country... I mean, listen, ever since Trump was elected, countries all over the world have been looking at us like we're fucking crazy. But for them to see a fucking mini-coup, I guess you want to call it, because I don't know how organized they were or whatever. It se- I mean, I, it seemed like it was loosely organized, but like these motherfuckers really had no fucking plan. Like, I don't know, bro. It, it's, it's the fucking wildest thing to me. So I, I was like looking at this thing on... And the New York Times, and it's like a timeline of how it happened. So I just wanted to see how this fucking started. And I'm just looking at like this picture. So apparently Trump was having like a, a rally or something like that. And he had all these supporters gathered. And, and I don't know if he, I, listen, I don't know the the, actual, the absolute details. I don't know if he actually like was egging them on to fucking storm the Capitol. I don't know if he actually said those words. But it seems as though like he has the supporters there. And like right after the speech, they just start marching their way to the Capitol. And they're just like, fam. We about to do this. Our, our boy got us riled up. We're about to go. That's what it was. They're they're going to protest um, the election results because that's what they were. That's what they were uh, going to solidify that Biden uh, like officially won the presidency. And son, it's so it's 
it's it's it just it boggles my mind that people have really rallied behind this man and it really it really brought them to doing to taking out such a such an action like it's so wild to me that it just shows you how much fucking power trump has and son i don't know i don't know how it even i don't know how i just don't know how bro i'm black i'm a young black kid <laughs> i didn't grow up i went to school around these rich, some rich white kids but i do not begin to understand how someone can come into so much power and galvanize a fucking group of people to pull off some shit like this and for it to almost like be successful in a way like i don't know what they're i guess they like they didn't really do anything like biden's still gonna be president like they didn't like stop anything but like they've they they there were a few there were a, a few people injured i think some people died like think, i think there was a, a a cop that they beat to death there was that woman who got dome pieced and <laughs> it's like oh my fucking god bro the balls on these people son these white people just thought they could they and they, i mean they did it like i mean they did it like to to the tune of like twitter memes like there's the twitter memes galore now people are just making fun of it but like they quote unquote stormed the fucking capital son and obviously didn't make much of a difference but they definitely caused like a huge media storm and they're definitely they're definitely <sighs> i don't know bro like i said i don't i don't I, I try not to, I try to stay so fucking detached from like a lot of the a lot of the political shit that goes on in the world. Maybe it's in my detriment. Maybe I should be staying up on it. But like with all the depression, with all the anxiety that I deal with already, I don't think I need to add all this bullshit to it as well. You know, I'll check in from time to time. But like I can't keep I can't make it a fucking regular, at least not now in my life, maybe later on. But like there's a no fucking way I can let that happen. I can keep keep tabs on that shit right now. And Jesus Christ. Okay, this is another, this is another, this is probably the last, like, random story that I found. But this fucking actor, Army Hammer, I don't know if you saw, like, the fucking DMs and shit on Twitter. Apparently, he's, he's got some weird, like, cannibalistic fetish or some shit like that. I was looking at that shit, and I don't know if it's hacked or anything. I haven't been, like, looking too much into the story. You know, you see little, the headlines here and there. You read a little blurb. But, like, I mean, he pulled out of a movie he was supposed to do. So, either that's just, that's just from... That's him trying to like save face from this whole fucking story, even whether it's a hack or not. I mean, I don't know if it's a hack. I would just be like, fam, it's a hack. Like, I'm not pulling out of shit. Like, I know for a fact, like, this isn't me. Da da da. I mean, I don't know. It could be real, but I saw something about his ex girlfriend saying that she wanted to. He wanted to barbecue her or something like that. And listen, bro. I know. I know there are crazy fetishes all over the world, son. And like, I don't know, bro. The whole that 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 one in particular, if it is real. I don't know, bro. That shit is kind of wild. Like, I I don't know. Maybe it's just a fantasy to him, and maybe he would ever actually pull it off, but that's still such a wild thing to hear. Like, it's such a wild thing to hear, bro. Like, I don't know. That shit is so crazy. And maybe it's just because... Maybe, it's just, maybe that's just the thing with, like, these rich and famous people. I f I'm starting to believe that almost all rich and famous people have, like, just the wildest fucking fetishes. Like, they've done so much and have seen so much where they're just like... We gotta push boundaries, son. Maybe that's all in all of our nature. Maybe maybe the masses of people haven't gotten to that level for them to be able to explore the outer reaches of the weird shit that they could probably like and think of. But like, fam, that story just had me thinking about a whole bunch of different shit. Just like how how weird humans are and how different we are in so many fucking ways. I mean, there's a good chance maybe this is just some clout shit. I don't know. Like again. He pulled out of this movie he was supposed to do with J-Lo, so I'm guessing he's trying to save face in some kind of way. But who knows, bro? Who fucking knows? Who fucking knows? 
Oh man. All right. Before I move on to the actual bulk of the uh, of the podcast, because like I said, I'm gonna give like a bit of a, a rundown of like a pre-fight of um, a pre-fight of the card this week. Because I'm thinking this is gonna be like a two-part podcast. I'm, I'm probably just gonna release them obviously like on different days, but it's gonna be like a bit, gonna be like an extension of one another. Because I'm right now, I'm giving like a pre-fight. It's Friday right now, as I'm recording this. The fight's on Saturday. Um, so I'll be able to like watch it after, and I want to do like a fight recap. So I think that'll be something I'll, I'll probably release on Sunday, maybe Monday, um, after watching the fights. But like I said, before I get into that, um, <clears throat> I just want to do like three quick bullet points on different shows that I've been watching uh, that I kind of want to put y'all on to. I mean, this one I'm not really putting y'all on. It's been out. It's it's an old show, but it's like been over and done for a minute. But uh, I just got into Boardwalk Empire because I got HBO Max, and like. It's cool to see. I mean, I've seen a lot of movies with Steve Buscemi in it where he's been kind of like the main character, but he's, he hasn't been like the main, main guy. It's cool to see him in this main role. You know what I mean? He, he plays the role real well of Nucky Thompson. Uh, turns out he like that. Like a lot of the characters in the show are based on real people. I mean, obviously, there's like Al Capone, Lucky Luciano. Those are like legitimate like names that I would recognize. But um, no, nah, the show is dope. You know what I mean? It's real dramatic. It's real violent. Like, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not no, I'm not a stranger to like violent shit. When it comes to like in movies and TV, but like there's a lot of throat cutting. Like niggas really love doing that. I, I, it's, a, it's a dark thing to see, but it's also giving me like an insight on how on how white people work and how like the rich white people work. Like everyone's a fucking crook, son. Everyone in government, anybody in power, like a lot of them motherfuckers is crooks. They try to pass off as they not. And I'm not saying this like a lot of people don't know it, but like it's one of those things that like we just have to live with, which is really wild. I don't know. It's 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 wild to me. But the show itself is fucking dope. I want to see more chalky white. Uh, I'm only in season two, but Michael K. Williams is a dope actor. I want to see. I hopefully, hopefully, his role just get just like grows as the show goes on. I, I fucking hope. I, I hope he doesn't die like anytime soon. I mean, he's the only black guy on the show, obviously. Only black character. I mean, there's a few uh, black characters, but like, he's like the obviously the main one. So I'm trying to see more growth in that. Um, on Netflix, I don't know if y'all watch like many international shows or like international media, like films and shit like that. But if you're into uh, I think this is a Japanese show. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, uh, Alice in Borderland. If you're into that type of stuff, it's uh, 10 episodes, I think. Eight or 10 episodes. Um, it's dope. It's dope, man. It's one of those, like, Hunger Games-esque type shows where you got people turning on each other. Like, like it's, it's, it's weird. It's, like, it's basically, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to, like, explain what the, uh, what the plot is, but, um... I don't know. People just a whole bunch of people disappear from disappear from Tokyo, and the ones that haven't disappeared, they come out and there's like they like see that there's a bunch of games that they have to play, and they don't know who it is. It's like this like it's like this technological fucking you don't fuck you, you don't know who they are, but it's like a game master and there's like uh, these different games that you have to do and you win like different cards. So they have to go through like all these like almost impo- seemingly impossible games where death is like the the to- the the like. You lose, you die. If you're gonna lose, you die. Like that's basically what it is. So it's like it's a super violent fucking show. It's really dope. It's, it, there's like a certain point that's sad. You know, you got these main characters that like basically start off in the game together. And I'm not gonna spoil it. There's some shit that goes down. But um, it's a really dope show. It's a really dope uh, concept. It's very interesting. And it gets it gets better as the show goes on because it starts off and I don't expect it to get, to go where it goes. But it gets it gets very interesting. And I'm very uh, excited for season two. I don't know when it'll end up coming out, but it was a really it was like a decently quick watch for me. I think I finished in like a day or two. But um, 
it was a really dope show. Really super interesting. Uh, if you can get past having to use subtitles, that like that's not it's not a big deal. You know, I I, listen, I watch shit with subtitles even when it's in English. So I'm not new to it. I'm true to it, boy. Um, and then this other show, um, it's on Amazon Prime. If you want to get like an AMC Plus deal or whatever, I don't fucking know what that shit is, but um, I'm watching it through other means. <laughs> but um, it's a show called Gangs of London. Uh, I'm a big fan of a lot of like stuff that comes out from the UK, uh, music, uh, uh, movies, television. I'm a re- I like a lot of that stuff. Uh, this Gangs of London show is is dope. I mean, it's super. It's I'm not I'm not gonna get too much into it. Like I said, I don't want to spoil it. But it's your run of the run of the mill like gangland type of show. You know, you got gangs fighting for territory. In this one, uh, the head of one of the of the the biggest gang family there uh, is killed. So basically, trying to find out who killed him. Um, really dope show. Something that pulled me towards it was that uh, a director or someone who like created the show, uh, who's also a uh, director of two of the episodes, is this guy named Gareth Evans, who's done like a few of my favorite fucking movies, and they're these Indonesian like martial arts films. Um, just crazy fucking cinematography, amazing fight uh, fight choreography, real real violent shit. But that's the type of shit I like. Those are my those are my fucking sh- those are my fucking movies. Like I love them. Uh, the Raid, uh, Redemption, and The Raid 2. Um, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. I think it has like a little like surname to it too. But those two movies, fucking amazing. There's uh, a few movies on uh, Netflix like that. I think The Night Comes For Us, I think he might have also done. I'm not too sure. But it has similar characters uh, that he uh, uses in a lot of his movies. Um, but I saw that he was directing uh, a, few, uh, a few of the episodes. And I was watching the first episode. And when it got to the fight scene, I was like, okay, yeah, he definitely directed this shit. And when I looked on IMDb, it was him that directed the first episode. Because it's a fight scene. And it's like, listen, it's violent. And the things he does with camera angles, like, I don't, I, I can't even explain it to you. You'd have to really watch the first episode and just look for it. It's a, it's a scene where uh, this black uh, guy... I think his name is Elliot. He's in the bar and he goes to attack these uh, Albanians because he's trying to find some information. Um, and this this fight ensues. And let me tell you something, man. It's a, it's a sight to see. It's real nice. I, I love I love seeing uh, his fight choreography. It always it always uh, I don't know, man. It's nice to see. It's really interesting. I really I really enjoy it. But um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take a, a quick break because I feel like I've been talking for a bit. Uh, just so I can get my like my notes a little ready for this um for this fight breakdown but uh yeah i'll be back in a second all right i'm back i'm back my fault computer acting real fucking slow right now um but anyways like i said um this is probably gonna be a a two-part podcast this is still the first part like i said i just took a little break i'm back now um this is just like the pre-fight. I'm basically going to talk about uh, the card coming up this week and just a few of my thoughts, a few of my predictions, uh, talk about a few fighters that I'm interested to see, uh, talk about a few of the big cards. This is going to be the first UFC card in history, I think, to uh, yeah, in history, to be shown on ABC. Free fight, you can watch it on ABC. I got ESPN Plus, I'll probably just watch it through there. Um, but if you want to watch this fight, you're interested in watching this fight, I, if you want to just watch it on ABC, you got that luxury now. Um, it's a free fight, and for a free fight, it's a good fucking fight with a lot of uh, solid fights on the undercard. Um, but like I said, this is a his- this is a history, a, a historical moment uh, for the UFC, which is gonna, which is pretty interesting. Um, but like I said, we got this card coming up um, where it's Max Blessed Holloway versus Calvin Cater. Uh, this fight's gonna be at 145. 
Um, and listen, it's in, this, this is an interesting fight coming up because there's there's no real I. It's hard to make a prediction on this type of fight. You know what I mean? A lot of th these guys are a lot. Uh, they're very like almost evenly matched. Um, while Max has more UFC uh, fight experience, as in like in the promotion of the UFC, uh, Calvin Cater has a bit more experience in the fight game in general uh, than Max Holloway. And the thing is, I don't even think that really matters all that much because Max uh, is a champion in the UFC. You know, held the belt for so many years, um, and has just been a champ. Has been like. Um, basically a legendary fighter in his own right and he's all be all before he's even turned 30 like man's only 20 29 years old he's still young as shit he has, still has so much time left in his prime i don't even think he's necessarily in his prime yet but still has so much time to get back to that uh, championship status and uh, try to defend his uh his legacy again you know but like i said calvin cater he's an upcoming fighter out of New England, out of a new team that's been getting a lot of praise recently just because of the the fighters that they've produced um, the wins they've racked up, just a lot of that. Calvin Cater is no chump, no chump at all, man. Uh, like I said, Max is 29, Calvin's 32, a couple years older, but not much of a not much of a difference. Calvin's like in his prime right now. Um, Calvin's only had eight fights in the UFC. He's been in the UFC since uh, since 2017. Max, like I said before, has got a lot more uh, a lot more time in the UFC. 23 fights. He's been in since 2012. Um, I think he said I think he only had like one amateur fight before he went professional, and before his professional. Debut in the UFC, he fought in um, was the X1 and UIC. These are two promotions that I didn't know of or didn't I ever heard of before. But he only had a few fights in those promotions before he got uh, jumped into the UFC. You know what I mean? So he's he's been in the UFC for a long time. He's he's no he's no he know what it means. He knows what it means to go up against top tier uh, level talent. Um, and Calvin, he spends a lot more time on the regional scene. So he has a lot of um. A lot of experience. He's had a lot of fights under his belt, but um, it's been just on a different level. You know what I mean? That's not to say anything. That's not to say anything. There's like a detriment to his um his talent, but it's just a different level. You know, you're a lot more in the re you're, you stay in the regional scene. You dominate there for a long time, and then you get you get through, you finally get through, you finally get your chance at the big leagues, and that's what he's that's what he's gotten. Uh, he's eight fights in, uh, so you know he's 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 cementing himself in the UFC, and this fight is just gonna is just gonna. Uh, push him even more. Honestly, win or lose, win or lose, this will just uh, this will just build his name. Uh, well, I guess it depends on the kind of loss. Depends on the kind of loss. Um, like I said, these guys both have a lot of experience in the fight game, a lot of years under the belts fighting. Um, and honestly, I think it's gonna be a really really good matchup. You know, um, Max has lost his last two fights. Um, but they've, those were just two dog fights. Like I said, they're both against the champ, Alexander Volkanovsky, who currently holds the title. Um, the first fight, you can probably easily say that uh, Alex won. Max just wasn't maybe uh, fully there. He was still in the fight. You know, Max doesn't give up ever. Max is, uh, Max is a fighter till the end. But, you know, you could see the ways that Alexander uh, got the best of him. But in the second fight, you can see, like, a very visible change in Max's approach to the fight and uh, the way Max was, was uh, bringing the fight to Alex. And... Um, yeah, like I said, it's a very highly uh, divisive conversation for people uh, in the MMA community and just fans alike to see who really won that. I mean, the history books are going to say it's Volkanovski, but Alex and his um, not Max, Alex uh, Max in his mind believes that he won. Uh, he's been he's been saying that about eighty to ninety percent of other people, and these are like uh, coaches, other fighters, people who are in like some, like who are in the game, uh, believe that he won the fight as well. So I mean, you know, there's that. 
but it just goes to show you that Max hasn't lost that fire. Like even though he's lost the belt, uh, he had that uh, interim uh, shot attempt at the lightweight belt, trying to go double champ against Dustin Poirier, but he lost. Uh, he had that fight, but then he had a fight with uh, Frankie Edgar after another five rounder, but he uh, he took it home. So um, these last two fights with Alex, Alexander Volkanovski don't don't signify any type of downcline, uh, decline. Sorry, not downcline, decline in his game. Uh, it's just it's going to be the same old Max. If anything, he's hungrier now. So you know that's that's like my outlook on how Max is going to end up taking the fight. Like it's not going to be a different uh, thing for him. Like Calvin. Um, Calvin in his recent fights, I guess, has had a bit more success, uh, but that's only just because um, of the amount of fights he's been taking. Like I said, uh, uh, Max has had those two title fights that went five rounds. You know, you really got to recuperate after going through some shit like that. So, you know, um, a lot of Calvin's fights haven't been five rounders, you know. He either finishes them uh, in the first or second round. Sometimes he's got uh, fights that go to the go to the bell. Uh, he's had a few of those. Um, he had the fight against Zabit. This would be Ma Magomed Sharapov, uh, another prospect—not even a prospect, uh, another contender in the featherweight division. hasn't fought in a, hasn't fought in a minute, but um, uh, next time a fight comes around, I can go, uh, talk more about him and a lot of the hype that go, that's around him. Um, but like I said, Calvin's had uh, a, a nice couple of fights um, in his stint in the UFC. So like I said, he's really cementing his—he's his, staking his claim for contendership. Because uh, he really wants that, that he wants he wants to fight for that belt, and he believes that if he wins this fight, uh, he should be next in line after uh, Volkanovski fights uh, Brian Ortega. Um, I don't know if they've made that fight yet, but this honestly is this this does basically this the the result of this fight shows who's going to get the next title uh, shot. Uh, after that, after the other fight is is done, it just it just sort of proves that these are all the top guys in the featherweight division. And I mean, there are still some. There are still some other guys in that division that can uh, that still have a lot to, that, that have a lot to show for in contendership. But as of right now, these guys are really uh, the dogs that are in it. Um, but yeah, Calvin's coming off a two-fight win streak. You know, he had that fucking ridiculous knockout against Jeremy Stevens. And I watched that fight again. I was at the gym the other day, and I was rewatching the fight. And you know, it's one of those fights where you are watching the first round and you see the you see Jeremy Stevens and he's he just looks confident. He's throwing with he's throwing with power. He, he's throwing a bit wildly, but not too crazy. You know, when he when he gets a good distance uh, from Calvin, you can see that he, his confidence is there and he wants to really like. It's almost like he was searching for the knockout. He was throwing with a lot of power, uh, but Calvin was keeping his composure in that first round, landing some good shots and hit when he where he could, but really trying to uh, dissect sort of Jeremy Stevens. I really tried to like read read his movements and read the, read his uh his energy for that fight um while staying defensive but also trying to you know stay in the fight you know throwing a couple shots himself getting a, good, a couple good shots off and then you see it's the same thing in the second round basically but i don't know it gets to a point where that's uh, calvin's uh his confidence starts to really raise you know what i mean he's throwing fucking big big punches and really really connecting on on jeremy um it's hitting him jeremy's eating those shots but he's not really like backing down all that much but then, you know, it gets to a point where Jeremy comes in with, uh, I think, with a one-two, maybe just a two, and Calvin sort of fakes with a jab and comes in with uh, an elbow and just clocks him right in the fucking grill. 
drops down to the ground, some ground and pound, but the referee, uh, it was uh, Jason Herzog, just jumps right in, and it's just like, no, 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 it's over, it's over. He died. And listen, like I said, it's a free fight on YouTube, so if you want to check that fight out, it's on YouTube. Um, he just fucking makes him eat his fucking elbow, and it just that just, that just goes to show you the type of power that uh, that Calvin has. He's very powerful, but he's also very measured in the way he fights. He's not just going out there trying to knock you out. He does, he's not trying to look for the knockout. Um, he's really trying to go in there and beat you up. He's trying to beat you down, uh, find your weaknesses, and really trying to bring the fight to you. And it's basically the same thing for Max. They're going to want to be doing the same type of thing. That's why I feel like the fight could easily be a five-rounder uh, unless somebody ends up getting the best of them. You know, someone lands a really heavy shot you know, in one of the rounds and just takes advantage of it. But if not, it's going to be two people trying to beat the other person up. You know, they're not looking for that quick knockout. They're just trying to inflict damage. And that's how, that's how I can already tell it's going to be a fucking amazing fight. It's going to be fucking intense. If it goes to the ground, I'll be fucking surprised. Like, I'd put money on that shit that doesn't, they don't touch the mat once. Maybe for a knockdown or two, but even then, it's, I feel like they're going to be standing for all five rounds. It's going to be intense. Um, but like I said, that's the main event. Um, it's going to be a hell of a main event, especially to, for the, the UFC coming back now uh, for the start of 2021. But below that, uh, for the rest of the main card, we got a couple good fights. We got Carlos Condit versus Matt Brown, two veterans in the game. Uh, have had a lot of dog fights in their years. Um, a lot, both of these guys at this point, this fight is like, it's almost like on a level of making like a legends fight. You know, these guys are veterans. They've been in the game for so long. I don't think either of them has won a belt. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they've gotten close to it, but uh, neither one of them has actually uh, been the champ. Actually, I might be lying. I think Carlos Condit might have. I should probably check that. But uh, either way, these this fight, these guys aren't trying to fight because they're still in the race for um, they're still in the race for uh, title contention. I don't see that. I think Matt Brown is like 40 years old. Carlos Condit's getting up there in age two. Uh, they've had a good, uh, good couple decent fights in their last few fights, but you know, you know, they're not fighting with regularity. Um, you know, they're not, they're not winning. Uh, what's it called? They, they're not really going on streaks all that much. Um, let me see, Matt Brown. I mean, Carlos Condit right here. Let me pull up this, uh, pull up the the stats. Yeah, his last fight was against Court McGee. Uh, that was in October, five rounder. Uh, it was a real tough fight. Um, but you know he he came out with the win. But before that, he he's he was on a five fight uh, losing streak, and that was two years. Uh, that was two years ago. So the last fight before his most recent fight was in 2018. Uh, I don't know whether I don't know what it was. If he was just taking time off or it was injuries, but he didn't fight for a two year span. Uh, maybe you know maybe because it was that five fight loss streak because you know he lost to Michael Chiesa, who's got a main event coming up. Uh, I think uh, in a few uh, coming up. I think next week. Yeah. Um, Cowboy Oliveira lost to him. Lost to Neil Magny, who's actually going to be the uh, the B side to the Michael Chiesa fight. Lost to Damian Maya, and he lost to Robbie Lawler. I think Robbie Lawler was his uh, title fight. That's a fi that was a five round war. Um, you know, you, when you go through war like that with Robbie Lawler, you usually don't come back the same person. You know, that's 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 kind of how it is. But um, yeah. So he was on a five fight loss streak before that. Two years, two year break. Uh, comes back with a win. Uh, not like the most eye-catching win like it wasn't like super like it wasn't like a oh shit he's back kind of win it was more so a this it's it's Carlos Conda you know he's always been a fighter he's been he's always been a warrior um you know this is this is on par for him to you know come out with the decision which is which is solid um but you know like I said same thing for Matt Brown uh 
these are two really uh these are very like a lot like they're older guys uh matt brown like i said is 40 years old uh last fight he got knocked out in the second round by miguel baeza and this kid uh, miguel baeza is undefeated came from dana white's contender series and has been killing it in the ufc undefeated he's easily uh climbing in the ranks in that division um but you know he's got a uh in his but he's also had like a bit of a spotty record two wins uh before that against ben saunders and diego sanchez uh, Diego Sanchez fight was in 2017 though, uh, so then he had, he has he had a bit of a layoff uh, as for um, he had a bit of a layoff as well because then the Ben Saunders fight was in 2019, so you know a bit of time off too. Like I said, these guys are getting old in age, but because of their their history and because of their past performances, it's going to be an interesting fight to watch regardless. You know, it's it's got name recognition. Two guys who are going to go in there and leave it all out on the mat. So it's a pretty it's a solid um, it's a solid uh, co-main event. You know, it's, it's really good. Um, that's going to be exciting to watch. We've also got one of the standout fighters of um, 2020 just due to him having the fucking knockout of the year. I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter. Whether you're a UFC fan or not, uh, you may have just seen the, the clips circling around of the, the dude who did the jumping spinning kick to the, uh, to the guy's face and knocked him out. Joaquin Buckley, uh, he's the fight. He's gonna be the fight before uh, Carlos Condit and Matt Brown, and he's gonna be fighting against um, this Italian kid, uh, Alessio De Chirico. Um I've seen him fight a few times. Um, uh, hasn't done anything to really stand out for me. Uh, yeah, like that's not to say he's not a good fighter. He's um, he's had a, he's had a couple of fights in the UFC. Um, he's a, he's a solid fighter. Um, but you know, watching this fight again is gonna allow me to get another look uh, at him. See what his strengths are. See what, uh, see what, uh, really try to pinpoint what his style is. But I'm really excited to see Joaquin Buckley, man, because you know, uh, that knockout that he had, that's like knockout of the year. That was two fights ago. He had another fight recently against a guy uh, whose name I don't remember. Um, but he knocked him out second round. He was whooping his ass, just just throwing haymakers. And you know, that's th those are the type of fighters you like to see. You know what I mean? Um, You'd like to see those guys with knockout power. You'd like to see those guys who are exciting. You know, he's been taking advantage of all this uh, this buzz that he's been getting, and he's really trying to get people to. He's been take he's been taking fights. He's been knocking niggas out, and he's trying to you know make a name for himself. He's really trying to build on that momentum, which is good. It's gonna be super interesting. Super interesting. Uh, we got another fight before that. Uh, uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio versus uh, Li Jing Liang. I think his name is. Um, I've seen. Uh, Jang Lang uh, fight a few times. He's a really solid fighter from uh, Asia. I like a lot. I like a. I like watching like the uh, Asian fighters. It's, it's good. It's I don't know. They're interesting to watch. Um, um, don't have much to say about him. You know, he's a really good fighter. Um, it's gonna be an interesting fight. Uh, Santiago, however, has been on a layoff for like the longest time. I think his uh, his, his last fight was in uh, yeah 2018. He's been on layoff for a long time, and it was just him dealing with. Um, a lot of health issues. I think it was he had like a staph infection, uh, or some kind of um, some kind of bacterial infection that was really fucking with him. That just kept him out of commission, and it was a uh, career-threatening blood infection, is what it says here. And um, there was a time where the uh, doctor was saying to him that he probably wouldn't be able to fight uh, ever again. You know what I mean? Which for him would have been just devastating. You know? Um, yeah, he has. A, he said he has a blood, he had a blood infection inside his body and he had like two different kinds of bacteria uh, he was in and out of the hospital just all these treatments and it was just really fuck with him but you know now he's back and 
it's good because before he had before he had left, dude was on like the craziest of winning, like a crazy winning streak. You know what I mean? You got a uh, first fight on that was against this guy named Andreas Stahl, 2015 TKO first round. Next fight TKO first round. Uh, next two fights were decisions, unanimous decisions. Next fight KO first round. Another decision and then a KO against uh, Neil Magny. So this guy's just been on a on a solid winning streak for the past couple of years, and then was just sidelined by this fucking. Uh, by these infections and by this, the, these health issues. So now, you know, him coming back, it's a, it's a question of whether he's going to be still that same fighter and if he still has what it takes to get into, into title contention. Because I think he was ranked uh, for a while, I think around like fourth or fifth. Like he was really, he was really one of the top guys uh, in that division. So now it's a question of whether he can pick up from where he left off. And as someone who, ha who didn't see many of uh, his fights, I've just heard the name before, and I've seen a few highlights, and I've just, uh, I just know that this guy's the real deal. It's going to be interesting to see, for myself, watch his first fight, and just to see where he's at, you know? Because I've seen Jang Lang fight. He's a solid fighter. He's, he's going to give him a hard time. Um, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Um, and like I said, the rest of the card is pretty solid. Uh, there's this guy named Phil Hawes, who I've watched a few times, who's going to be fighting, I think, before that. Uh, real solid guy. Real strong. Real strong motherfucker. Uh, I don't know if his uh, last uh, last fight was a knockout or whatever, but I know he's real strong. I think he's got a wrestling base. Uh, I tend to watch out for him. He's also black. I just tend to watch out for a lot of the upcoming black fighters <laughs> just because. Um, but that's going to fight I'm going to be paying attention to. I'm going to pay attention to, uh, to Phil Hawes. And then, you know, just there's going to be a, a heavyweight fight down on there as well. Just these two big motherfuckers. Um, I always like watching heavyweight fights. I think most people do. It's just because you usually you're usually going to end up seeing a knockout. But I don't know. For this one, I'm excited just because they're heavyweights, but I'm also kind of scared because they're both, like, the the fatter kind of heavyweight. Like, they're big dudes, but they have a lot more meat on their bones, you know what I mean? They're a lot bigger than guys like uh, Stipe Miocic or Francis Ngannou. You know, those guys, they're big, but they cut, you know what I mean? They're they're real cut. They're real lean. They got, you, they got muscle. But these motherfuckers are just fat, you know what I mean? So it could be a, a quick knockout or it could be two big guys slubbing it out for three rounds, you know what I mean? So we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. But, um, yeah, no, it's I'm, I'm really excited for this card. Uh, like I said, I'm going to watch the prelims. I'm going to watch the main card just, you know, just to get a just to get a look at all the all the different fighters, you know, people that I haven't heard of, people that uh, um that might be interesting to me, you know, that's what, usually what I tend to do, just because I like the sport, I like watching it regardless, it's just two motherfuckers going at it and fighting, you know, it's interesting to see, so whoever you are, uh, I'll try, I'm, I'm going to try and watch the fight, and if you show some, show me something I like, I'm going to, you know, keep tabs on you, you know what I mean, it's usually how it goes, but I'm really excited, like I said, the main event is going to be, is a dope main event to start, uh, to start the year, uh, we got a few, uh, other fights coming up, which are going to be dope as well, um, like I said, you know, we got Dustin O'Connor. I'll talk a lot more about that and uh, my thoughts on that um, when that fight comes around. We got, uh, I think the fight before that is going to be Michael Chiesa, like I said, versus Neil Magny. I'm going to watch that fight. Uh, I'm not too, uh, I'm not like major fans of either of these guys. Like I watch their fights just because I know they're good fighters. But I'm not like, I, I don't really like, I don't know how to explain it. It's not like I don't care, but, you know. Uh, I'm just not finding out that Neil Magny's Haitian, so I kind of got a rep. You know, I, every time Ovin St. Pru is fighting, I rep for him. I watch that. You know, now I got to kind of rep for Neil Magny. You know, I got to, you know. Uh, it's Haitian pride, man. <laughs> what am I going to say? Um, 
but yeah, when those fights are coming around, like I said, uh, I'll talk about those some more. My thoughts, and I'll talk about those a little bit. But um, yeah, this is the end of part one. Uh, I'm still gonna release this as its own like standalone podcast. But then part two, like I said, just because like it's a continuation of the fight talk, is gonna be probably released on Sunday or Monday, uh, depending on when I uh, record it. I'm probably gonna record it on Sunday. Uh, I'll have to rewatch the fights after watching them live. But yeah, man. You want to keep up with the fight stuff? Check in with me on Sunday or Monday, like I said. But uh, until then, y'all have a good one. Be easy.